0: Ballistic Sports and Foundation Physiotherapy present Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Follow Ballistic on Twitter at Ballistic underscore sports. This week, Jason Fraser gets real about some of his favorite catchers, his favorite umpires, his favorite managers, and some of the ones that he felt made his job an awful lot harder. I mean, he's he's,
1: he's, a, hes a good man. He's a nice man. I mean, he should be, I don't know, should he be the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays? I didn't pick something. I mean, how many times can you fill out the lineup card wrong and get a player in trouble, right? I mean, did he even speak English?
0: I don't even know if he spoke English. And now here's a guy who definitely speaks English, but he also definitely should never be the manager of a Major League Baseball team. Here's Barry Davis.
2: You know, Tom, they say those that are very good at playing the game don't always make good managers. So I do appreciate it. I take that as a compliment. You're actually saying that I'm actually a very good ball player, and because of that, I would not make a good manager. Thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me.
0: You know what? If that's how you want to take it, you're very (laughs) welcome. You know what? I'm glad I helped you feel better.
2: Uh, Well, on this week's show, folks, uh, there is no mincing of any words. Uh, You want to know who Jason Fraser felt was the best umpire in baseball? The worst umpire in baseball? The best stadium to pitch out of, uh, some of his least favorite people to throw to, and his mm-hmm. least favorite manager. Wow. Uh, there is uh, no holding back when it comes to Jason Fraser on this week's show.
0: I'll tell you what, if that's the goal of any of these conversations, to, to get real behind-the-scenes information about, about the journey these players have had, Uh, Jason Fraser provides that this week for for our viewers, for our listeners. Get ready for a world when you're about to learn a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't know before.
2: (laughs) Not everybody is going to agree with everything that Jason Fraser has to say. I'm going to let you all know that right now. But I all urge you to listen and make your own decisions on what he has to say. Right? Deal. All right. We uh, that's probably the best yeah exactly i <laughs> uh, will also hear from raj Sapaya on something that we do not want to happen to anybody uh, but he's going to talk about a very serious thing that can happen in an injury that could uh well it's not anything that can really be fixed so raj will talk to us about that and up next well no fixing needed in blue jay land hey it's only spring training But all of a sudden, this team is looking like they could be very, really, really, really good this year. Very, really good, Tom.
0: The whole bit. Very, very.
2: Really good. There's Tom Forth. Mm -hmm. I'm Barry Davis. You're listening to Out of the Park.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, the first pitch with Barry Davis.
2: And the first pitch brought to you by our good pals from Ballistic Sports, BallisticSports.com. Thomas, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll have some news. And again, COVID is uh, the, the main fault here as to why this game is not available. But as Tom describes the game, I'm going to show you the game.
0: Absolutely. So we've got the baseball board coming up. This is an interactive board game. Um, think of it like Monopoly meets your favorite sporting event, except instead of just rolling the dice, what you're doing is you're actually trying to guess the action as it's coming up. So based on the accuracy of your guesses, based on how good you can call what's going to happen next, You get to move around this board and defeat your friends while you watch the Blue Jays defeat the American League and National League this year.
2: Ooh, bold prediction, Thomas. Bold prediction. Uh, They also have a game for football and one for the NHL as well. So uh, BallisticSports.com for all your information as to uh, when you'll be able to pick up this game. All right, I, Thomas, have never been a big believer that spring training stats or results have anything to do with what will happen in the regular season. I've seen the Blue Jays have horrendous spring trainings and go on to have great seasons and vice versa. I've seen individual players tear it up in spring training, especially young players, tear it up in spring training and then come out and not fare very well at all. In fact, back in 2013, I believe, that year the Blue Jays had seven Rookies, make the team out of camp, including Dalton Pompey, who will be on our show next week. Devin Travis will be on in a few weeks. Uh, Roberto Osuna was there. Uh, And of all these young players, they all made it because of what happened in spring training. But it did not result in success for all of them on the field. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. But what do you take as, as a fan perspective, Tom? Are you looking at this spring training that the Blue Jays are having and and getting pumped up because you think this is going to carry on?
0: I'm seeing encouraging signs. Um, it is amazing to see Vladdy just you know, we've talked about him on the show and the transformation that he had and and everybody was kind of holding his breath that you know he wouldn't miss a beat with his new body coming into to baseball this year, and he hasn't. Um, I think, you know, the last game uh, before this will be aired, he just went four for four. And I think it's the second time in a week he's gone perfect in the game. Um, The offense is looking amazing, but, you know, we knew that wasn't really a big question mark. Uh, What's very pleasantly surprising is how phenomenal the pitchers have been. And, and they have been, you know, again, one of those stats out there. I think, the team ERA is like one point four nine halfway through spring training or something. Right, and again, we're,
2: we're, to me, I don't look at that as as much of a big yeah. deal. But I will say this: I will say this. I would much rather see Robbie Ray and Thomas Hatch and Ryu and whoever else is going to be in that rotation I'd rather see them all throw the ball well, find the zone, feel some confidence going into the regular season, than being a complete mess.
0: Yeah, and that's. And that's what's great to see because you're right. Uh, we could we could run the table in spring training, and that means nothing come the start of the season. Um, but as a fan, I mean, we, we're not, we're not able to witness and enjoy these games as much as we want. But hearing all the good news coming out, uh, it's a lift that everybody needs right now. It, it, and I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm cautiously optimistic. The the pitching still is a question mark, but I think it's a you know it's hard to complain about. First results, and, and you know it's hard to not feel a little bit, you know, a little bit excited for the start of the real thing. Well, speaking of
2: Tom, uh, Alec Manoa has had a phenomenal start to his spring training. So much so that there are many fans saying Manoa needs to start the season with the Toronto Blue Jays. I understand, and we go through this every year. A young prospect is going to have a big camp, and everyone's going to say this guy needs to be up in the majors right now. Getting batters out in spring training and getting batters out in, you know, double A or single A ball does not mean that you're ready to pitch in the major leagues, especially in this position of being a potential star starter. You need to work your way. I need to see this guy pitch in double A, triple A. I want to see what he can do. And a lot of times... The batters that they face in AA are going to be even tougher than the ones they face in AAA, and here's why, Tom. A is full of prospects that are young, hungry, and trying to make it to the big leagues. You will find some of them in AAA, but AAA is also guys that have been called uh, sent down because they're not performing in the big leagues or guys that are at the end of their careers and they're trying for one last shot. So you will see a lot more of what... Manoa is made of when he pitches in double a
0: yeah I I think this is again it's one of those things where you know overexcited fans I think maybe you're jumping jumping to you know jumping to conclusions a little bit I'm seeing stories about how he's replaced Nate Pearson as the you know number one prospect now on on the basis of a a decent start a great start for spring training but you're absolutely right Um, how many pitchers have come up too early and had their confidence shattered yeah. And yeah, you know, we're we're not going into this with with, you know, a locked and loaded uh, bullpen and starting rotation. We're not. But I still don't think that's a great idea to, you know, to use as an excuse to rush the development of someone who could be really special.
2: Right. And they do have some young pitchers that will be on the staff. Right. Jordan Romano will be there. Ryan Barucky is probably going to be on the team. You've got uh, Julian Merriweather, who will likely be with the team. Uh, Tim Mesa, And I know that uh, Trent Thornton made his debut on Friday, his season debut. He had a surgery in the offseason, and he looked really good. Now it's only two innings, but he struck out four in his two innings. So I, that's pretty impressive, too. So I, I'm happy with what I've seen so far from spring training. Uh, the record's 10-7. and seven. So, I mean, again, the, the results of the game are completely meaningless because those who start the game are out of the game, you know, after a few innings. I will say this. I'm really, really happy for Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis, who's a great guy, he's been on the show before, uh, been waiting for an opportunity. And he, this year, is in a very similar situation to what his brother-in-law, Anthony Alford, was in last year in that this is your chance. You know, you're either going to make it or this is not going to be the place for you. I would not be surprised to see Jonathan Davis in the outfield as an extra fourth outfielder on the team this year.
0: Wow, really? Yeah, that's a bold prediction. There because it's they've got a lot of, you know, what it would be a great feel-good story, right?
2: Well, th- there are some that are saying, and you see it on social media, that maybe it's time to, uh, you know, trade Randall Grichik. But here's the problem with trading Randall Grichik. Um, Randall Gritchik makes a crap load of money and trading away a crap load of money is not an easy thing to do. So I don't think that trading Randall Gritchik is going to happen, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. The Blue Jays managed to trade Vernon Wells many years ago with that I was contract. Say we should
0: Right, We should have asked We should have asked Alex Anthopoulos about it when we had him on the other oh, week. Oh, man. See if he had any ideas for how Toronto could maybe move Gritchick and We could have passed it on to, yeah,
2: <laughs> oh,
0: well. hey, missed if, opportunity. By the way, if you missed
2: the Alex Anthopoulos conversation, we are now up on YouTube as well as SoundCloud every week. So we now have the option of you watching the show or listening to the show. And judging by the number of people that are watching the show already, Tom, uh, we've brought on a lot of new listeners and new followers for out of the park. So if you are new to the program, thank you so much for being a part of it and uh, check out the U page, please hit subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything and it just makes us feel good that you're subscribing.
0: Exactly. Right. And, and if you want to be really generous, smash that like button.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and if you would like to be involved in the zoom conversations, like the one you will soon see and hear with Jason Fraser, Tom, how would someone go about doing that? Cause we get people very excited about all these zooms we're doing, we're going to be chatting with Michael Saunders next week, and we've got a lot of interest in uh, being a part of that Zoom chat as well. So, how can people get involved?
0: Well, the easiest and quickest way is to support us at Patreon.com/slash Out of the Park. A couple bucks a month, cup of coffee, um, and you get to take part in any of these conversations with you know Blue Jays past and present. Um, it's the best deal right now in in sports media. I'm going to say boldly in Canada. You know, you can actually join the team, ask questions of the players yourselves. And, you know, barring that, search us out on social media, Twitter or uh, Instagram. You can find out of the park as well. Send us a message. And, you know, we'd love to get as many people as we can in on these conversations because they're really special.
2: And again, right now, they're real intimate. I mean, we're only allowing between two and five people on for each one. But we will never turn someone down. If someone wants, like, it won't be a situation like with you know getting your cardboard cutout sign. I've heard season ticket holders talk about this. We're not going to say sorry, no. you know, uh, you know, it, we're full up. We can't have you in. We'll have you in if you want to be a part of the Zoom. If you want to become an OTP insider, we'll let you in on these Zooms, and you'll be able to to fire your questions at the guests. Speaking of, there was a lot of firing coming out of the mouth of our next guest. <laughs> There is Tom Forth. I'm Barry Davis, and you're listening and watching out of the park. Kansas city,
0: gonna get my baby back home. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna Kansas City, gonna get my baby back home. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a long, long time since my baby's been gone.
0: And now, in the Kansas dugout city with Barry Davis. All
2: right, we head to sunny Florida, where we are joined by former, well, I was going to say former Blue Jay, but you're sporting the Kansas City Royals hat and flashing the ring in front of us. Uh, Jason Fraser joins us from his home in Florida. What, okay, do you still have, like, any of your uniforms that you had from teams that you played in the past? Or do you, like, when you get traded or DFA'd or whatever, do you have to, like, hand them back?
1: Uh, No, no. I, I, I have, I think I have, well, the older I got, um, the more uniforms that they fitted us with. I mean, I mean, there, there was an alternate, there was, you know, the, the Sunday there was, you know, if you're playing a team from the national league, if you're playing a team that has three Japanese players, you had a different Jersey, there was always a different Jersey. So I, I, I have, I have, uh, I would say 25.
2: 25. Wow. But were you allowed to take them? Or did you have? Because I've talked to some of the, the clubbies, and they kind of say that it's it's not, it's kind of frowned upon once a player is dealt or leaves the organization to, to take all of their, their equipment. Very,
1: I mean, their jerseys. My gosh, I was there for 10 years. I mean, if I was a jersey, I should be able to keep a jersey. <laughs> and, and you know what? It, I sometimes would you just start doing things. You just, you just. Right, you steal a chair. Of course. Right. Yep. Right. I mean, just yes. Stealing things. You just, a, something like a, <laughs> a bench from the bullpen. Yeah. That's it. See what I got? I mean, yep. see? By the way, speaking speaking
2: of jerseys, I don't know if you see the shirt that I'm wearing. Tw- you uh, see the shirt? Do you know the significance of this shirt? <laughs> you gave me this shirt. Okay. It must have been in Kansas City. I mean, you never played in no, it, I right? Got, I
1: really got screwed. As far that, as yeah. I know,
2: yeah. Okay, so the Royals. So the roy the Royals go to the postseason, right? Uh, after the game, you guys ended up winning and and you were advancing to the World Series. I go in the Kansas City Royals clubhouse, Tom, because I'm I'm scheduled. That's my job. I'm covering them. I go in there and I see I see John Buck. I see. You, I see Downsy, and I just get drenched. Like, they go after me because, you know, they, none of the media wants to talk to any of them. Only me, right? <laughs> so I get, I get soaked. I'm just so drenched. And I'm like, Jason, like, I, it's cold outside. I, how, I don't have anything to wear. And you went back into the clubhouse and oh. you got me this shirt. I don't know if it, if it was new or if it you know you took it out of somebody's locker or whatever the case may be, but I still have it to this day, and I thought I'd wear this just to show you that I still have it. And you have n- I took it out of good players' locker. Yeah, probably. You don't have any memory of that at all, do you? Of giving you that shirt? now. Why were you there? Why were you covering the
1: Kansas City Royals?
2: Because back in those days, sportsnet actually wanted to cover baseball. That's a shot. Uh, and uh, because. Sportsnet was the Canadian rights holders for the postseason. They had to have a pre and post game show for every game. So wherever the postseason was, whether the Jays were in it or not, I'd be covering it. I got you, and I covered it then. I got Tom, would you like to
0: join the conversation? Hi guys, how's everybody? You know what? I'm I I've been so distracted by that just massive amount of hardware there on the hand. I, it, it's funny. I I, I remember. Watching an interview with you at one point in time talking about the that series, uh, Toronto and Kansas City, where Casey came out on top. And you said you've been an active, uh, you know, cheer for Kansas City because if they won, you know, you could be in line for that ring. So to see it on your hand, um, I got to ask, is it comfortable to wear? No, no, buddy. You <laughs> know, I,
1: I, I show it to people, but I, I've never worn it. I've never worn it, and this is probably the first time that I've even looked at it um, in a long, long time. I, I know I know the Blue Jays haven't won anything in a long time, but have you ever heard the like the ring etiquette? Have you heard of ever heard about the ring etiquette? I was told this by Mr. Ryan Madsen, who won a World Series with the Phillies and what is that, 08, maybe? Is, is that is that right? 08? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Phillies 08. Yep. Okay. So we were teammates. Um, so we were teammates uh the next year. He went on to actually be on the team in um 15 and 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 earn the ring. But he was like, he was he said when he won the World Series the Phillies, they told him, okay, you get the ring. The first year, you can wear it whenever you want. You can wear it to Chipotle. You can wear it to Subway. You can wear it any occasion you want. The second year, special occasions only, which means I don't know a fancy dinner or a Christmas party, <laughs> and then you have to put it away until year ten. So you're breaking
2: the rules, is what you're saying right now?
0: Well, no, it's still in his house, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> the rules exactly exactly have you ever
1: heard that
2: never never, never heard I, I thought you were going to talk about you know who gets rings and who doesn't get rings and i remember when the cubs won the world series Munenori kawasaki got a ring he may have played made it played a dozen games for
1: them that year when you win a world series once every 100 years i mean you just well, yeah.
0: <laughs> throw it out there mm-hmm. I wonder if they had those rules all along or is, because I, I went to Cooperstown a couple of years ago and they have all the world series rings like through the years and, you know, in and around 2000, something kind of starts to happen. And by the time you get up to the, the present day rings, like they're not rings anymore. They're like toasters or like little, like, so maybe they had to limit like where for like to prevent injuries for players. if They were going around with those things on their hands all the time. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Would you
0: punch somebody with that ring? What'd you call me? I said, "Would you punch? What did you
2: call me? What are you a New Yorker now? <laughs> would you call me, man? Would you call me? Yeah. Would you yeah, say
1: I'm Cuomo? I'm Cuomo. Yeah.
2: Yep. Oh, God. oh. Uh, yeah. It's starting already. Um, Hard week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Phrase. Uh, I, I know we probably have talked about this before, but you know, back in that year, uh, you know, you you and Downsy, you know, you were both uh, nearing the ender, the the latter stages of your careers." You weren't playing at the capacity you normally would have played. Uh, what was it like to to be at that stage of your career and having the opportunity to see the team that you're with go as far as you are to the point where you, know, you have a World Series ring? Does it still feel good? Does it have that same – I know it's kind of hard to compare, but um, would it feel a lot different for you had you been playing with the
1: team at that time? I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't even know what the question is. (laughs) (laughs) But does it it feel any
2: different that you weren't on the team and you got a ring? Like you were there for a while, but like you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I have a I have a runner up, one that's all super in 2014, the one that where I where I saw you. And that so much more to me. Um because I I I lost. I Even though I lost, I lost, like, part of the active roster. And you know what, Barry? I was twice the pitcher when I retired. I was twice the pitcher when
0: I I wanted to ask about that because your ERA just started going down. And we we talked. It was all right here. I, I like,
1: I learned so much throughout the years. And I just, like, stopped worrying about everything. And about what everybody thought. And I didn't have to throw my fastball 95 every pitch. And well, for, and I couldn't, I just physically couldn't. I was twice the pitcher in 2014, 15 that I was in 2006, seven, eight. 7, 8. But, you know, it just, it was so hard to, like, get up and get ready and, do, and be prepared for six straight months and go to spring training. And then eventually no one wanted to be on their team. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go home. I mean, it's as simple as that.
2: Seeing the situation that you're in now in your life, you've got two wonderful kids and your wife and you got a new dog in the family now, too.
1: How did you know that?
2: I, I could hear it. yeah
1: i'm psychic
2: i'm psychic but it it, was it did you feel okay this is the right time some people their careers end and, and they're absolutely shattered they don't know what they're going to do they have we've talked about this with many former players about the adjustment to life after baseball how much did it help you to have what you have here at home right now
1: the the first year I retired was the best year of my life. It was the most fun I've ever had. What'd you do? It was, oh gosh, just my, my kids were an awesome age and I cooked dinner and hang out. I'm in Florida and, you know, we just built a house and, uh, my son just started playing organized baseball. It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, um, we won two games today. No big deal. We're twenty nine and ten. Our travel ball team. Nice. Just a little side note. Just a little side note. Um, um, year two. Year two. You know when the when the shine wears off. When the shine wears off. When the paycheck stop coming in. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That. <laughs> that. But. But not. But now the wife's like, "Oh, you're still here," kind of thing. Like, you know, we're all right but I have a great life, man. It's, it's awesome. We're in the same house and it's, you know, a new dog and, um, the kids are healthy and happy. And, and, uh, and you know, I'm in Florida, got a Republican governor. Everything is good, Barry. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, you had to bring the (laughs) politics into it, didn't you? You had to bring the politics into it. (laughs) Is there anything you miss
1: about the game? The attention, the 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 atten- like this stuff. The fact that you're not, you're a major league baseball player, the attention. uh, I don't miss jumping on those planes and and flying through storms because <laughs> you got to be in the next city. That and that was probably the worst part of it for me because I I I'm not a good turbulence guy. You know, it scares me. Uh-huh. Yeah, it scares me. I, I don't like turbulence. Yeah, you know so. Um, but I like, I like the hotel living. I like going to really nice hotels and I like going to major league baseball stadiums at two in the afternoon and just sitting there. And, um, I, I like the spreads. I, I like, uh, I don't like giving up runs. I never, I never, I, I was towards the end of my career. I dealt with that a lot better the you know, the failure and sometimes they're going to score, but, the attention is nice. The attention is nice. Phrase
2: you mentioned about, you know, it all being in here. And as you got older, you learned, you know, how to control that a lot more. Were, yeah, you, right. were you the type of person that had too many voices in your head, too many opinions from whether it be pitching coaches, managers, teammates, everybody kind of telling you what is the best way for you to pitch? And as you got older, you
1: kind of realize, oh, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. It was worrying about whatever what other people thought.
2: What well, like other the fans, thought. the media, or your your and, colleagues? Yeah,
1: the GM, the coach, the other coach. What everybody thought. My parents, my dad, my Jeez. brothers. You know, it's co- co- college college graduates. College graduates have a lot. Right, there's a lot invested. College Greg, you know, it's, you went to college, you, you have family that supports you and, 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 and all right, you go to the next level, the next, you have people watching. And I always had that in the back of my mind. And once I got to what, you know what, once I got out of Toronto, God bless Toronto. I love, I mean, <laughs> that, Toronto was great, but I, I got to breathe when I left Toronto because Everybody, I was, everybody knew me and they, and it was hard to change because I felt like I was all right. I, but once I went to Texas, new coaches, new spring training site, new, I felt like I could breathe and it was the best thing that ever happened. And I felt like I kind of, I don't want to say reinvented because I didn't change much. I just, I exhaled.
2: a new mindset.
1: Yes. Mike Maddox was a pitching coach. He is a veteran guy. He is a veteran guy. And, um, if you have a mechanical flaw, he's not your guy, but if you want to know how to get this guy out, (whistles) loved him loved. And it was great. It was great. I, I mean, I don't know how else to convey it. Barry, other than to say, I got to breathe a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? It was nice to not go and play on the AstroTurf and live on Wellington Street and walk to the stadium. And it was just something new. The grass was greener for me. Oftentimes it's not. It was greener for me.
0: You know, you mentioned, you know, the the voices or what people were thinking about you as being a huge factor. Was there a point, though, in that transition? I mean, you pitched more games than, I think, any other Blue Jay pitcher. Um, And, you know, was there a point in your career where either you stopped worrying about what people were thinking or you realized that, you know, you you could stop making those arguments about people thinking bad things, like that you had done enough, that you had accomplished enough, that you'd reached a level? Or did you just learn to not worry about what people were thinking regardless of? I th- I think it was just so much.
1: I stressed so much. I had um, I mean, there, I mean, if I didn't pitch, I was mentally exhausted, right? Oh my God, I if, if I have to go in a pitch, I'm just pitching three outs, right? I mean, it shouldn't be the it shouldn't be so exhausting. But that's just how we're all different. We're all the same, but we're all different. You know, I think it was just so much, um, I I had so much experience that I think I just woke up and was like, I mean, all right. If, if, if I do terrible, if I do terrible, I still have eight years in the major leagues. Right. You know? So I just, I just, and I was so far, I was in Texas now. I was away from my wife's family. I was a 1,000 miles from my family. And it was just I'd had enough of what i had put myself through. And I ended up having a, a really good time down in Texas. It, it felt like home. I enjoyed going there.
2: Oh, it's a beautiful and, ballpark, the old one. I'm sure the new one's beautiful yeah, too.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. –
2: phrase we used to you know we used to joke about the amount of time that you would take on the mound between pitches but something sure. i never asked you and i'm really curious to know uh-huh. during that time between pitches a did it seem as long to you while you're on uh-huh. the mound as maybe when you watch it and b was that uh-huh. a time where a lot of things were going through your head maybe some that uh-huh. were detrimental to you
1: detrimental probably yeah. probably you know it's not i'm not like I don't have, like, an angel and, like, the devil on my shoulders out there. It's not, I'm not, like, weird. I'm just, like, what should I do? Holy cow. There's two outs. Look who's on deck. And when you go through all those thoughts, like, huh, what, what if I do the If I give up a run here, my ear goes above. I mean, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't While you're believe. on the mound, these things are going through your head. Very, yes. Jeez. That's how I was. Like, especially... The younger the, the younger Jason Fraser. But you know what? You know what's funny? If you're going good, no one gives an S, S-H-I-T how long you take. You if know, if you takes,
2: spell it, you're still saying it, right? So you may as well just say
1: it. Really? I don't know because it's camp. <laughs> uh, so if it's 20 seconds or 35 seconds, if you have a good inning, no one cares. Right. Especially your bosses. Yeah. No well, one of course. Cares. But But you you guys can joke, but when the baseball card comes out the next year and you have a nice CRA, it doesn't tell you a time elapsed between pitches.
2: Did you ever watch someone like a Burley or a Dickey and go, I don't get how they can do this. How do they just get the ball and throw
1: it? Well, Burley, yes. Dickey, I'm not, I don't know if he was fast or not. He was
2: fast. He was, I mean, the pitch wasn't fast, but he never wasted time. We had, uh, Totally on the show a couple weeks ago, and he said he never, never called a single pitch with Dickey. Dickey called the entire game himself.
1: Well, well okay, Dickey. I mean, it's all knuckleballs, isn't it? Basically? Well, yeah. Here. the the only The only
2: caveat was if uh-huh. he put if he put down a sign for a fastball, he couldn't throw a knuckleball. But if the <laughs> sign was for a knuckleball, he could throw anything. Yeah. Can you imagine being like the catcher and going, okay, this could be. 80 miles an hour. This could be 50 miles an hour. I have no
1: idea where this is going. Isn't that <laughs> tremendous for Tolley to be able to do that? That's tremendous. Yeah.
0: The concentration
1: he's got to have.
0: Taking your life in the hands, in your hands behind the plate with that knuckleball coming at you, too. Yeah. Was he friendly? <laughs> was Dicky friendly to you guys? I heard, I've heard he's kind of a weird guy. He was cool.
1: I have yeah. no idea. You, you weren't there when he was there? Never met him. And, and Ned Rivers, oh, wow.
2: God, that that many years ago he was he was a different kind of cat and you know when he would do a post-game interview oh my god he would be the most articulate guy you'd ever imagine but you know he would he would give you deep answers and such but yeah he wasn't going to go out and hang out with you and he was and i said this to toli too he was he was kind of a loner in the clubhouse he was an older guy and with the rest of them you know maybe just didn't relate to them a certain way but um you know, the guy had something he could use, and he, and he made a lot out of it. so I mean, I mean good, good for him for doing that, right? Yeah. So, so phrase, um, what we like to do here on this show is we have a little feature with our guests and it's called, "What was going through your mind when this picture was taken?" When okay? this, picture. When this okay. picture was taken. So we've got a, a few a few shots of you, and we're going to get to them right away, and we'll find out, first of all, um, this picture right here. I have a few things on what could be going through your mind, like, holy crap, this guy just hit a bomb off me, or uh, I got to use the bathroom real bad. Which one is it?
1: Casey Jansen sent me that exact picture (laughs) days ago, two days ago. No, he probably saw it on my Twitter because I posted this picture. Maybe. Do you know what, buddy? Maybe. And I actually know exactly what that is. My mortal enemy was the umpire. Greg Gibson. Okay. I just thrown the best changeup for a strike. I'd thrown in my career up to that point. And Greg Gibson called it a ball to Russell Martin with the Yankees. And then the next pitch, Russell Martin got a base hit up the middle, but that is the changeup. That was, it was, it was, it was perfect. It was, it it should be like in a, in a, in a, like a, you teach a kid how to throw a changeup with video or something. That was it. It was perfect. He called it a ball. And by the way, uh, Greg Gibson seemed to always screw me every every time. But that's what that is. I was like, what? Strike three. Three outs. We win. And I got to tell you, credit to the
2: photographer because that's an amazing photo. Like, that's a great
1: shot. There it is. There There it is. Greg Gibson. How do you know? How do you remember this? He's the worst in the business. He's the worst in the by the way, there's,
0: there's my question. Could we get what? Give us the, like the top three worst. In in your opinion? No, I mean,
1: um, in my opinion, he's the worst. Um, CB Buckner is terrible on the bases with safe and out. Um, and the best is um, Jim Wolf. I think Jim Wolf. He really? is. Gosh, boy, gosh, is he good. That that guy locked in. That's all I got. I mean, I I, I wouldn't recognize 90% of them.
2: You mentioned about all the thoughts that would go through your head Uh uh, on the mound. Would you, when you get to the ballpark, uh, would you look to see who's umping behind the plate that day and thinking, if I'm on the mound today, at least I know this guy will call this pitch, or if this guy's... Behind the plate, I'm gonna get screwed. Like would that ever enter your mind? Would you almost adjust how you
1: are going to pitch depending
2: on who's behind the plate?
1: Would I adjust? No, and I gotta throw Angel Hernandez in there too. He is oh yeah, he's awful. He is ho, he's ho <laughs> ho, right? Yeah. Um, um, but no, not really, Barry, but it, it would get in my head like, oh my god, Angel Hernandez is on the pl- he's behind the plate Friday night at Fenway. Please don't put Please don't put me in. Please, you know, guy, just I would just
0: think the worst. I would think like uh, automatically, I'm gonna go two grand slams or something. When you when you get done with a pitch like this, you know, is your next pitch is it delivered quicker or longer than normal? How do you? What's your process of getting through? Like, kind of getting shafted on a pitch like this? Are you able to just shake it off right away, or is there a process that you go through? What's the situation? Who's the? I
1: mean. <laughs> I mean, what's well? That, that's Yankees, right? So that's Russell Martin hitting. If Tony Pena is is coaching first, you know, Tony Pena used to whistle from first because he would peek in on the catchers, and when we would when it would be mid delivery, he would whistle, which meant I don't know off speed or it meant something. Uh, me and me and Downs, we would we would joke about that. We would. <laughs> That's how it's, 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 it's so, it's so bizarre. You think it's like, it's, it's like little league. It's like little league. The coach is whistling in the middle of your delivery. to relay to Alex Rodriguez, who's wearing Oakley's who's peeking at the signs anyways, with Robinson Cano at second, who's relaying the signs from what
2: <laughs> next thing, you know, they're <laughs> going to start banging on garbage cans.
1: Oh my God. Right, dude. How about, <laughs> <laughs> how about
2: All, right. All right. I think we're, we're ready for the next photo. Okay. okay, so here you are with Benji Molina. So I, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this photo, phrase, and I'm thinking that you're looking at Benji, going, "No, no, no! It's it's just below your right eye. Just, just, yeah, just you can get it. It's like a little booger hanging down there. Can you grab
1: it?" Man, you know, it it would help if you could tell what stadium it was. Obviously, it's not in Toronto, but no, and those uniforms were
2: horrendous. By the way, the, I hated that logo. Everything about that uni
1: was everything, bad. Everything. Somebody right. made a really Bringing back the uh, the old school stuff.
2: So um, here you are. I mean, you're chatting with with uh, Benji Molina, wasn't it? Who was uh, that's uh, that is Jose Molina. That's Jose Molina. There are a couple of Molinas caught for the Jays. But um, what was your relationship like with a catcher during the during the uh, a game? And again, we we talked to Tolly, and he talked about certain pitchers, such mm-hmm. as a Dickey. Uh, I've heard uh, about Roy Halladay as well. Where you know, if you're the catcher, you don't go to the mound. Unless the pitcher says, come to the mound. Um, how are you with catchers coming out to see you? Were you, were you cool with it? Uh, uh, come, I don't care. What do I care?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like <laughs> I mean, Halliday – Halliday was different, right? I mean, I mean Kevin Cash is going to go out there and Halliday is going to be like, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like, get out of here. Just, just put the right <laughs> finger down, right? But, I mean – if Jose wants to come out, I don't care. I, I, I don't care. You got, uh, I mean, Salvador Perez would, Salvi Perez would come out and he would say, Fraser, <laughs> change up way more better than slider. <laughs> I'd say, all right, well then, let's stop putting the number three down. Let's just put, you know, let's just wiggle the fingers and throw the change up. he said, okay, good idea. Way more better. He'd always say way more better. <laughs> All right, it's cool. I mean, let's get this right. I mean, there's a lot of money at stake. There's people watching this. There's it's on TV. You know, let's
0: let's not try not to be too cool. Let's let's get it right. You want to talk? Let's talk. Were you a big shake off guy? Do you ever have a catcher you just had to that you had to pull out and be like, listen, my changeup feels terrible today. Stop calling it. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm a big catcher guy,
1: right? So if, if that guy's catching, Jose Molina, life is good. If Rod Barajas is catching, I know that no one's going to score. If Zahn is catching. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> not, not a big right. fan of the Zahn. Uh, well, it, you know, I've, I've had better. I've had yeah. better. I've had better. Um, How do you not let that affect your game? It did. It did. Oh, my God. This guy's – and then when he puts a finger down, you second-guess it. Oh, my God. He's calling for a slider. Should I just throw the opposite because I know he's probably wrong? You know, and and sometimes you just get lucky, and when you're good, you're good, and everything's going great. But when it's going bad, when it's going bad – I would second-guess everything, you know?
2: Did you have trouble leaving the shit from the field at the field? Yes. Were you able to get home and, and, and,
1: you know, and see Laura and see the family and not sleep? Nope. 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 And it's amazing that guys can do that. I think even when I was in year two, three, four, five. I was still always amazed that I was there. I was all, I can't believe I'm in the big leagues. And I just wanted to do so well when I didn't. It just ate me up, man. It just, I feel like you just, I felt like I let like, just like everybody down. Like, and, and in essence, all I did was give up a run, you know, but it was the end of the world. It felt like the end of the world. Isn't it funny? Baseball pitchers and you wouldn't believe I'm not I'm not like I'm not I don't know if I'm like nor
0: like a lot of dudes are like me. It, it's just the thing that the thing that jumps to my mind when you when you speak like that is, you know, the, the, the very nature of pitching. You talked, and we we talk to pitchers all the time on the show that say that sometimes their best feeling days, the days when the ball's flying out of their hand, you know, when they do everything right, when they spot everything perfectly, they still get knocked out of the park. And you know, is there an element to that? Like, did you have days going home where you were like, okay, I knew I threw this pitch and that was bad. Was that easier to handle than those days where like I didn't think I could have thrown any better, and I just got teed up? Before I matured.
1: Even if I did everything right and I got beat, I would, I would kill myself. Right, I would, I would just not sleep or, or you know, just lie in bed and stare at the ceiling. But as I got older, somebody told me something amazing, and it, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And it was a, it was a, a former pitcher who had been in a locker room when a veteran pitcher got their tenth year. So that day he had got his 10th year in the major leagues. And this pitcher, um, went up to him and was like, oh, congratulations. Um, that's unbelievable. And he said, so you got 10 years, like, how did you do it? What did you learn? What can you teach me since, you know, since I just got here? And he says, you know what? There, but there are days where, or I've been out there and I've thrown the perfect pitch with the perfect mechanics, did the scouting report, did everything. And the guy still blasted it over the fence or in the gap. And then sometimes I make the worst pitch ever. And the guy pops up to the second baseman or swings through it for strike three. And he's like, the point is once I release the ball, and the ball gets to 30 feet, which is halfway, whoever wants it more wins. Whoever wants it more wins when the ball gets halfway. And I thought that was fantastic because I get it. I understand what he's saying. I love that. Isn't that cool? And I never heard that until I, like, retired. (laughs) But I love it. And I tell it to my, like, 10-year-old little leaguers.
2: That's wild. All right, phrase... Yep. This ne- this next photo, I've I'd never seen it before until today, and I think it's hilarious. So uh what in the world? There you are wearing a Denny Echaveria's jersey on what looks like photo day in spring training. Do you remember this? Is that photoshopped? No. I don't think so. Why? You have no recollection? That's an no. official photo, and that's you wearing an Adechi. Echevaria Jersey.
1: That's Photoshop.
2: Photoshopped. Oh, man, I'm so disappointed.
0: Well, we started so this dis- interview with him talking about stealing uniforms.
2: Right, right. Well, let's just hope you stole the right uniforms. <laughs> right? Was there ever, hey, listen, I mean, you've had some pretty amazing teammates over the years. Yeah. Was there ever, a, a, like, a teammate you had where you went, I want this dude's jersey? Like, I want want this- it? Du- I want his jersey. Like no one's he's not gonna miss it, right? He's got a bunch of these and no one will know it's me. I'll just throw it in my shopping bag and you know, with a couple of beers oh and I'll, God, off I, of...
1: I would never steal a teammate. I would never steal a teammate. You would just ask Moose or, or Jeff Ross, Hey, can you have uh can you have and Doc sign that- kind a of jersey for me? You can get a big trouble if you start like going into lockers stealing stuff. Well, I would think so.
2: <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you know, you, you you went and stole this one for me, so I figured, you know. You were just that kind of guy. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't know. All right. For, in a couple of minutes, we're going to uh, invite our two uh, lucky listeners in to, to ask you questions. But I've got one more photo. And this one is not funny. This is they a nice a picture. What's that? Is that a real picture? I, I, I don't know. It was on, it was on Google. And really? Al, 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 Al Alami, that's, that's like a, a photo company, kind of, right? So you right. actually have no recollection of doing this if this is real. Nope. Okay. Maybe you just grabbed the
0: wrong jersey by mistake. You just found out almost a decade later that, you know, one day in the spring, he grabbed the wrong jersey. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. This next one, you should know
2: and you should remember. I love this photo. What a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful family. And for, uh, for those of us that know you... Uh, oh know how you met your wonderful wife uh uh-huh. do, you, do you do you have any would you like to share how how you met how you met laura uh
1: w- we both had the same employer she used to be um one of the girls that would dance in center field um what pre uh, pre-game and post-game and she was a jake j crew j crew yeah, j crew yeah 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 she was like she was like 19 at the time and i was a rookie so 25 And, um, like, do you, uh, that's how we met. She was in college and I had just got to Toronto. Now, as, as a pro ball player, I mean,
2: you always think of the players all in a circle, right? And, you know, you either marry your high school sweetheart or somebody that's part of the circle. Um, when you see Laura for the first time, like, are you like, are you smitten? Are you like head over heels going, Oh my God. Yeah. This shall be my wife.
1: Oh, yes, she's one day. Hey, she's pretty hot in that picture. I mean, you take like, I don't know, six or seven years off that. Where is she? Is she home?
2: Is she home right now? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
2: You should oh. call her over to say hello. So, uh, and it introduces to your two lovely children, too. And the, and the pooch.
1: Yeah. Uh, God rest his soul. God yeah. rest his soul. That was- we got we got his. We, he's He's been reincarnated with the new terrible dog. Chocolate oh, nice. left. Yep. Oh. That's Jack Baby on the left and uh, Cammy on the right. How old are they now? Uh, we got 10 and seven, soon to be eight. Oh my God. Isn't it amazing? Gosh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what? So that dog, sure. dog right there in the middle. He was Canadian. He lived to be 13. Unbelievable I,
2: dog. I remember him at the ballpark.
1: If I'm not From mistaken, Bay- you, you'd have him on the field sometimes. New Park. Wait a minute, New Market or Barry? Yeah, somewhere up there. Yeah, yeah. How many people are listening tonight, Barry? Well, is this live or taped? No, this is taped. This is taped. This will be going out.
2: This will be going because I know you're very, you're, you're very uh, uh, ratings conscious, aren't you?
1: Well, I, you know what? I was just talking to Laura, beautiful girl right there, and like on a good night, buddy. How do you know? Is there a is there a like a, a meter or something you can figure out how many people listen? Um, yeah,
2: you can. Um, but the the algorithms are all messed up, so it's really hard to tell on any given day. But Got the you. videos that we put up, I mean, you know, in the thousands, you know, and I, w- with someone like you, well, you know, oh,
0: there's going to be thousands. Could be a re- and thousands. A,
2: yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so we uh, we're done the uh, picture portion. Of of this program, uh, now we're going to invite uh, our two lucky listeners in, and I guess their viewers as well. So uh, we are going to meet here, Fiona, and actually Susan is going to come as a pair because Susan's with her her wife her wife her husband John. So hopefully you'll see uh, John and Susan, uh, but Fiona is there right now. So Fiona, uh, you can say hello to Jason and uh, and ask away. Oh, hang on. You're still on mute, Fiona. Let's get some audio from you. Uh, It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. All right. Whoa! There we go. We got audio from Fiona.
1: Hi. How are you? Hey. How are you, Fiona? I'm good, thank you. Awesome. I'm just wondering, is there any particular players, when
2: they came up to the plate, you thought, oh, good Lord, I drilled it? (laughs) We kind of lost her feed there, but I think what, what Fiona was talking about is, Um, somebody who like really had your number phrase, and oh my
1: god, Uh, I believe Ichiro was eight for nine. (laughs) Uh, Hideki Matsui also. Um, at one point he was six for eight. Um, they killed me. Tori Tori Hunter scared the bejesus out of me. I always felt like he was gonna line it back off my face every time. Wow, you know, it just it just didn't it didn't look right. It was like, cause I'm a fastball guy and he kills fast. Oh, so I, you know, it just felt like I throw it and then I got a duck, you know? Um, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? Just, and this is, this is pretty lame, but I didn't do very good at Yankee stadium in general. I mean, facing those, I just didn't do well at Yankee state. I felt like I did pretty good at Fenway Yankee stadium. Those guys were good, man. Those guys were good. And Yankees killed me. They killed
2: me. What park was your favorite one to pitch out of, or maybe the one you had the most success from?
1: The most success, uh, uh, Camden. Baltimore was fantastic. Um, Favorite mound was Toronto. Favorite mound, like the actual mound.
2: Pat Hankin always said that. Always talked about the mound being the best mound he ever pitched on. What is it about?
1: What was it? Higher. Maybe really? Even a little closer, a little higher. It did. And he's right. And he's right. And I think I've had this conversation with him. Some feel, see yeah, some there's always a different feel. It depends on the perception of the the, the backstop. But um Baltimore, awesome. Baltimore's awesome.
2: All right. Did you have anything else, Fiona? No. Okay, that's great. Fiona, thank you very much. Susan is joining us now. Susan, uh, is John there too? He's on a phone call right now. Oh, Sorry, tell him to get off the phone. Jason Fraser's here. <laughs> Anyways, you'll
0: be back. I'm sure.
2: Susan, and Jason, uh, Jason I, Susan, a long time Blue Jays fan and, and season ticket holder, always is a staple at spring training. So he probably signed stuff for her before at some point.
0: <laughs> I actually met you at a, a Blue Jays fan club event long ago in Toronto, and you were you were really great to chat with then, you know,
1: and I may may,
2: may have him confused with somebody else, Sue.
1: No, no, no. He was great. But I I must say, I'm a big bling fan. I love the ring. Can you show it again? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my gosh. Oh,
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you.
1: Um, on, on, On the inside, it says Wait, I'll read it to you. It says the Royals, uh, beat the Astros three to two, then they beat the Blue Jays four to two. That's my favorite one. And then the Mets four to one. You know, it's hard it's hard to see, but oh wow. Yeah, there's all kinds of
0: yeah
1: on the inside, Barry. I see it. I see it. Oh wow, yeah. That's
0: yeah. Fabulous. Thank you.
2: Thank you for that. I just wonder if you had any special or particular memories of Roy Halliday.
1: You know what's funny? S- Wait, 2004, 2004 to 2009, so six seasons we were teammates. Him and I never had one conversation. Really?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How about that? Now,
2: was that a personal thing or was just Doc not a guy that had a lot of conversations with people?
1: It, it was that, and then it was also... Quiet. <sighs> Focused. Well, I mean... He didn't
2: like sure. short people. I, Let's just I mean, put it
1: bluntly. He didn't like listen, you because you're short. He wouldn't like me then. <laughs> wow. Un, he wouldn't unless, see us. <laughs> listen, unless he was maybe disciplining me, and he did that one time because I, I had a really bad inning, and then I got taken out, and I, and I went up to the clubhouse for a second to throw my glove, and he went up there to get me and bring me back and tell me I better watch the rest of the inning and support the next pitcher, that's fine. And I totally believe in that, but, um, this guy, this guy, if to like be in the clubhouse and to interact and sit, it was a waste of his time. It was a waste of his time. So either he was making a protein shake, he was watching film, he was going for a run. He was studying the umpires and that's why he was the best pitcher of our generation. That guy was locked in. He was locked in. So if I have a memory, gosh, oh. um, yes. I think I sat at his table one time at, uh, at, at the gala, <laughs> but, but they're, they're really, you know, every five days watching him pitch, that was the, that was the best. Because I I could have an extra Corona the night before because he was going eight or nine.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He was the best. He Um, was the best. I have nothing bad to say about him. He was just the best.
2: And how about uh, John Gibbons? How did you get on with Gibby?
1: I didn't. I didn't. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan. You guys didn't get along, eh? Nah. Nah. What was it? it,
2: Was it a philosophy thing? Was it a personal thing? What what was it? I mean. Go on, let it out. This is, it's a safe spot. This this is, this is your rehab. This is, There's there's no judgment here. I
1: I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a good man. He's a nice man. I mean, he should be, I don't know. Should he be the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays? I didn't think so. I mean, how many times can you fill out the lineup card wrong and get a player in trouble? Right. I mean. Did he even speak English? I don't even know if he spoke English. What All was right. that? All right.
2: Who did you like, Phrase? Who was your favorite manager? I like Ned Yost. I like Ron Washington. Oh, Washington was the best.
1: I mean, he's he's got demons, but well, I, en- yeah. I enjoyed him. Yeah. I, en- I thought he was great. He called me Josh, and that, that's okay. <laughs> he called you Josh? <laughs> sure did. You know...
2: I'm, I, before we leave, we, we I shared this story probably once before, but I think it's one of the funniest things. Was uh, Brian Geraldoman in his very first camp? And Sue and Fiona, I don't know if you heard this, but his very first camp. And you know, he was a longtime minor league catcher with the Blue Jays. He gets invited to big league camp for the first time. He's going through the clubhouse and he's seeing all these these big names. I, I want to say Frank Thomas was probably there, whatever. And he. Has, he has a question about where to get his gear, so he decides he wants to ask the first clubby he sees. Unfortunately, the first clubby he sees was not a clubby. It was actually you, Jason, and he thought you were a clubby asking you a question about his gear. Now, I would, be, I would take that as a compliment because you just look
1: so damn young. Just like Chief. Remember Chief Kritzer? Yeah. I could have been Chief. <laughs> just, you know, boyish good looks. You know what I'm saying?
2: I suppose so. I suppose, I suppose so.
1: so. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the second time you've told me that story, and I, I don't remember that, and I really like Brian Giraldman as a, as a guy, and as a, he's a really good catcher. Couldn't what? hit, though. But anyway.
2: He, he's almost a neighbor of yours. You should go and uh, catch up with
1: him. Where is he? He's in Florida. All right. He's around the – what? he's around the around – everybody,
2: everybody in Florida knows each other. Uh, do you, before we go? Do you, are there certain guys that you played with over your career that you still you still have contact with? You still see? You still hear? You still t- chat with?
1: Listen, if you need material, I got a guy will give you more. That will give you enough material to co you coast right into look at that thing. My gosh, that's Frankie. Yep. He's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you call Jesse Carlson. This guy's got oh material.
2: I forgot all about Jesse Carlson
1: he's got material for you
2: okay you tell you tell Carlson that we want him on this show oh come on yeah he was i I love jesse Carlson he everybody he, yeah 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 well phrase, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for taking some time and uh and doing this uh all the best for you and the family hope you uh yeah keep keep sporting that ring you know. <laughs> One day, one day, phrase, you could go the route of many other players and just sell it on
0: eBay. What's up with that, huh? Yeah. How much do you think you could get? How much you think you could get for one of those? 50-60 bucks? Ten grand, I'm thinking. 50-60. <laughs> 50 or 60. Yep. I think it depends on the city too, right? Like if you sell that in KC, you'll get X amount, but if you sell it in LA, you'll get a lot less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm going. I'm going, to KC, to uh, find the highest bidder,
1: but it's, it's, it's a trophy. I never wear it. Mary, I know I know you're still pissed about this. I'm cool So with that. that's why I got that's- it out, dude. That's why I got it out. Yeah, I know.
2: I know. You like to give me a hard time. Uh, you know, phrase thought I was offended by him bringing out the Kansas City Royals ring, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I was happy that he won a ring. You know? <laughs> Did he deserve the ring? Of course he did. I'm saying that because he's probably listening, and watching the show right now. But uh, well, you know
0: what? It's Major League rules, right? If you played for the team, you get a ring. Exactly. It just hurt me when I saw that interview of him rooting for Kansas City because he was going to get a ring. Mm. Thinking maybe jinx the team a little bit, but you know, Possibly. water under the bridge.
2: <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> big thank you to Jason Fraser for joining us. Uh, want to remind all of you that are listening and watching that we'll be speaking with. Dalton Pompey on next week's show. That's already been recorded. So we're like a week ahead if you're getting confused. But we will be doing a Zoom this coming week with Michael Saunders. So if you'd like to get involved, Tom, tell our viewers and listeners once again how they can be a part of this incredible thing sitting in in this Zoom room and being able to engage in these players.
0: Patreon.com slash out of the park. And, you know three bucks a month, five bucks a month, whatever you'd like. And you can be a part of, you know, a whole bunch of extra specials that we we've got out added content that, 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 you know, non-members don't get to see. And, you know, the big cherry on on top is the ability to to sit in on these conversations and, and to take part and, and ask the players that you want to, you know, the questions that you want to ask.
2: All right. Well, there you go. I can tell you, that if I was going to list my favorite co-host of all time hmm. there's you there's Matt uh. well today, okay, my favorite co-host of all time that I'm working with right now is you yes, yes.
0: alright, we nailed it first time it. I've any, ever been anyone's favorite
2: yes, and like John Gibbons, you too are a nice man Tom, thank you so much. And all of you, thank you so much for making us a part
0: of your week. You've been listening to Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Thanks for joining us. Get home safely and see you next time.